This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Yesterday, Finance Minister Bill Morneau unveiled the fall economic statement amid a windfall of nearly $50 billion over five years, $9 billion this year alone as a result of an unexpectedly strong economy. The government is spending some, but not all, of that extra cash in what critics say is an attempt to change the political channel from the conflict of interest allegations against Morneau and the whole controversy over the tax reform plan, which has mostly been reversed. So, the centerpiece of the plan unveiled yesterday is an increase to the Canada Child Benefit ahead of schedule. Parents of kids under six will get an extra $96 this year and an extra 226 bucks by 2019. The Liberals are increasing the benefit for the working poor by $500 million. And they will spend $1.3 billion for a tax cut for small business the people they originally said were not paying their fair share. So what do you think of those measures? The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, let's go to Conservative MP and finance critic Pierre Poilievre and Nathan Cullen, the NDP deputy critic for finance and for ethics. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. It's great to be here. Good to be with you. Okay, um, let's start with a look at the measures themselves. Uh, Nathan, is this the right thing to be spending money on? Well, it's an interesting question. There isn't much in here. One of my colleagues felt Shakespearean yesterday and said this is much ado about nothing. It was, a, it was really hyped up, right? There was a lot of hoopla. This was pushed forward by three or four weeks, and you kind of say, well, okay, this is their big shot at, as you say, changing the channel. All they did was index the child support, which they said they were going to do anyways. And then they, uh, the other major thing they did was a is sort of a tax benefit for workers, which they'd also committed to do. So you, you sort of said, okay, well, what's the, what's the, where, you know, where's the meat here? What's the, what's the big deal? Um, there, it, this is mostly about optics. Uh, the finance minister has been in a lot of trouble the last number of weeks for choices he made about his ethics and his villa in France and all the rest of that. Um, that's what this is 90% about. And it's unfortunate because it doesn't seem like the Liberals are entirely focused on the task at hand, which is, of course, the responsibility of Canadians in keeping the economy going strong. Pierre, what do you think? Is that the right thing to do? Uh, my understanding was that that indexation of the child benefit wasn't going to come until next summer. So Yeah, they've, mo- they've moved it up, yeah. essentially. Yeah. yeah. Pierre? Well, by the government's own admission, any increase will be gobbled up by inflation. Uh, that's what indexation does. So it isn't actually an increase. Uh, it is uh, neutral. Uh, the, the, it is an attempt, though, to change the channel from... A very uh, bad uh, series of errors 
uh, over the last 100 days. First, they, they called our small businesses and family farmers tax cheats and tried to take more money out of their pockets. Then they attempted to bring in a new tax on uh, employee discounts so that a waitress who has a free chicken salad sandwich had to pay income tax on it by the, at the end of the year. And then, uh, most recently, they uh, announced that they're going to tax, or they're going to strip the disability tax credit from people suffering with diabetes. So now they're trying to, to change the channel from th- that uh, terrible series of, uh, of uh, fumbled tax increases. Uh, but I don't think it will work. There's a lot of hypocrisy in what Justin Trudeau and Bill Morneau are doing. Uh, Bill Morneau uh, refused to reveal to Canadians that he had $20 million of shares in a company that he regulates. Uh, he kept hidden from the ethics commissioner his offshore company in France in violation of the rules. Uh, meanwhile, he was going around accusing uh, diabetics and farmers and plumbers of being tax cheats. So that's uh, obviously a political disaster and one they were trying to distract from yesterday. Um, Nathan, uh, this money for, uh, you know, I find it quite interesting that the people Hmm. that they originally said are not paying enough are now getting a big tax break. Is is that the right thing to be doing? Well, the Liberals, as did all of the major parties, ourselves, the Conservatives, uh, campaigned on lowering the small business tax rate to 9%. When Trudeau came in, he actually chose to reverse that, not do it, raise the tax rate, which was sort of strange. So this this whole conversation with small businesses, I think, has been terribly done. The accusations towards the small business community were wrong, often unfounded. So if, well, they, they kept their election promise, like, essentially, because they said they would do this. It does seem ironic because they had spent months and weeks saying small businesses were part of the problem and not part of the solution for the Canadian economy. So you can be forgiven for under trying to figure out which way the government actually wants to move in when it comes into these things. And it, at, at the end of the day, um, the contradiction, hypocrisy, as Pierre called it, of a finance minister who waggled his fingers at small businesses, accusing them of loopholes and cheating, was in the meantime using his own loopholes and not being straight with us, uh, is a problem. And he still has a bill that he, in Parliament, Bill C-27, which allows right. for a new kind of pension that Mr. Morneau will gain from directly. Uh, his company advocated for this. He worked in this field. And I, we, have a, we have a letter sitting with the ethics commissioner. I met with her yesterday to investigate this because you're not supposed to uh, get personal benefit from being elected to parliament. He, he I, now says he's going to sell those shares. Does that make it better? Uh, I, first of all, he was asked yesterday by the CBC six, seven, eight times in an interview, have you sold the shares? Are you about to sell the shares? And wouldn't answer and ended the interview by telling the journalist what questions she should ask, not the ones she was asking. So uh, we don't know what he's done and hasn't done, um, even selling the shares, perhaps, but he uh, hasn't been forthright, I guess, is the problem, and has exercised a lack of judgment that even the prime minister wouldn't let him answer questions in his press conference. Uh, you start to wonder, um, does he have the confidence of the prime minister, and how could he possibly have the confidence of the business community after so fundamentally 
not understanding how the small business sector works for so long and introducing policies that would do great Pierre, harm to them. Uh, Pierre, uh, if, if he sells those shares, uh, is that going to make it right? And um, I think he made a reference to an orderly sale. And I mean, I'm assuming that he doesn't want to just dump all those shares on the market because uh, then the price will go down. Well, why doesn't he tell us what else he holds? He's got a vast network of numbered companies and trust funds. He's never told Canadians what he hides inside those vehicles. And in fact, told Canadians it's none of our business when reporters were asking. That's so. right. And I don't know, maybe I'm a little old-fashioned, but I think if someone has control over $300 billion of other people's money, that someone should probably explain what their own financial interests are. That has been the way that we've always done it in Canada. You had a choice. You sell your shares or put them in a blind trust. He didn't either. I mean, now, he's not, now, he, now he expects us to just pay up, it's Canadian taxpayers, to just pay up and shut up about any potential conflicts he's buried in his numbered companies and trust funds. Well, I mean, the other thing, uh, frankly, I mean, even if he sells the shares, to me, it's the family firm. Uh, right. Does that erase the conflict with... No. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but just to get the historical record correct, that before getting elected to office, Mr. Morneau advocated for these types of pensions. His company, Morneau Chappelle, made a great deal of money bringing these pensions into reality. <clears throat> he then stepped into office and thought it was okay that he could introduce a bill that would benefit his shares, his company, and they keep referring back, I don't know if you've heard it, but this ethical screen that exists within his office. Well, the ethical screen is his chief of staff that's supposed to lean in and say, Minister, you can't do that. And obviously the ethical screen is <laughs> big enough you can drive a truck through because it, if this isn't a conflict of interest, really, then nothing is because this is uh, somebody in cabinet introducing legislation that would directly benefit them and their family and everybody's saying it's okay. We had a motion yesterday in Parliament that the Liberals defeated to ask for two things. The Finance Minister to simply apologize to Canadians for not having been totally forthright, which is fact, and to fix those loopholes that allowed him to be in a conflict of interest. And the Liberals voted it down. And you're like, okay, well, I guess there's two sets of rules. <laughs> one's I, for you and one's for everybody else. I, I have a question about uh, something in the uh, in the update that that I don't quite get. So it says that there was a list of about nine point six billion dollars in spending, mm -hmm. which was some of which was spent, but was not in the twenty seventeen budget. Um, so what does that mean? That the deficit was actually bigger than they said? I I don't get that. So it it sounds like it's money that was put in to cover money that was already spent but we didn't know about is is am I correct? So uh, what what happens with the budget process is that at the beginning of the fiscal year the government lays out a plan but as the year goes on they have new ideas on how to spend additional money that they didn't originally plan for and then they announce those uh, those expenditures throughout the year and approve them through uh, what's called the main uh, or supplementary estimates that gives them permission to spend money that wasn't originally allocated. Um, and this government is always finding new ways to spend money. So you should not be surprised to see a lot of uh, previously unbudgeted spending now uh, appearing in subsequent documents. And uh, did they put enough uh, towards 
reducing the deficit? And, and did they create a good enough path to getting rid of the deficit? There is no path. They were supposed to have a balanced budget by 2019, according to their election promise. And now uh, they, pl- they commit that in that year, we will still have a $17 billion deficit. And for all years for which there are projections, we will have more deficits. So the debt is, gro- will grow, is growing as far as the eye can see. There is the, the, yesterday, the, they projected they will balance the budget. Never. There is literally no year in which they foresee the debt will stop growing. Uh, Nathan, I also w- want to ask, I mean, there uh, seem to be focusing on young families and the middle class, but should they be paying more attention to our older population, our seniors? Nathan? Hello? Sorry, sorry I, was, I was muted. I was trying to listen respectfully, quietly. Uh, certainly when, we, when it comes to pensions, we've seen uh, what's going on with Sears and some other companies that when people who are working in a company that goes under. Pension protection in Canada is not nearly enough. Um, it's, a, it's a good question. I, I think you'd have to go back to the, because the economic update wasn't anything. Like it's not a plan, it's not a, it doesn't tell you really what's going on. This was mostly an exercise, as we said, in trying to change the conversation away from Mr. Morneau's finances, which I don't think it's gonna work. But. The larger question coming to the Liberals will be in when they bring their February or March budget out, I think, uh, as to whether where they're going to tip the scales, who's going to benefit uh, most and who's going to benefit the least. Okay. And, uh, Pierre, just uh, as we start to wrap things up, um, do you think this will have an impact and this will actually help with the Morno problem or what? No, I think we're back to the same questions today as we had the day before yesterday, which is, what else does he hold? He's got this vast network of uh, numbered companies and trust funds. What's in them? Uh, we're not interested in any intimate details of his private or personal life. We don't care. I don't care what he has for breakfast or what kind of socks he wears, for that matter. But I do want to know what financial interests he has at stake because he is the most powerful financial decision maker in the country. So his financial business is everybody's business. If he doesn't like that, he shouldn't be finance minister. So we expect him to answer those questions, and uh, we'll, we'll be hammering on the government to get those answers. And Nathan? Yeah, those, the questions remain fair. We ask very simple things like, did you recuse yourself? Did you get out of the conversation where you had benefit uh, around this pension bill? And we don't get answers back. And, and with the government, until they're willing to either apologize and start to make this thing right, or start to admit to what the truth is, I'm afraid the cloud of controversy will hang over this minister. And as Pierre says, it's, it's, it's not an unreasonable expectation for Canadians to be able to know what's in a finance minister's portfolio and if he's doing anything that he personally benefits from. I think that's the most basic requirement and has always been the requirement in previous governments. I don't know what's special about this one. Okay. Uh, before we go, I just want to make the point that, of course, uh, we asked for Minister Morneau and for other people in the Liberal government to come and talk about their position, and they declined to do so. Uh, so thank you both, Nathan Cullen and Pierre Poilievre. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank okay. you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye now. Okay. We are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about whether the shortage of 
nursing home beds, long-term care beds is going to get worse in Toronto because that's what some nursing home operators say is going to happen. Uh, Before we go, I'm going to give you the numbers to call if you want to share your stories of trying to get a loved one in or anything else to do with the problems around long-term care. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.